0: Today's episode of Pip Panther Rants and Other Sportsman's Podcast is brought to you by The Sports Drink, your digital watercolor. It's a you know, it's a newly created internet community, tries to find intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org, open Instagram, and you can type in at sportsdrink, you know, it's sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is to close the door behind you or try not to let the funk out. Welcome into a Pit Panther Rants, another Sports Rants podcast. Lon Harris, your host, brought to you by the Sports Drink, of course. And um in motion. That's Carter. Now rolling out, Yardnell looking to the end zone. He's got a man, and it is caught. 34-13 is gonna be the final score as Pitt gets the win. Yes, on Saturday, your Pitt Panthers were victorious. They defeated Western Michigan 34-13. And it was... Um, the whole thing uh, was interesting. I mean, going into the... Um, well, first of all, according to Pan Doozy, this game, this game was personal for Pitt. Which... Um, kind of irritated the hell out of me, mainly because... You know, we, this team last year lost two winnable games. And that's something they should really take in personal. So, I mean, with, with, you, know, without, with, you know, you've already lost to Tennessee. You're barely hanging on the polls. So, I just don't see why this game would be so personal now. But that's just me being a cynical. Negative Nancy, I guess you can say. But, at the end of the day, whatever works for Pat Narduzzi. And Pitt, and also we had a a change of quarterback. It was a game time decision, as you all know. Um, Pitt opted for uh, Nate Yarnell, so we got to see nasty, nasty Nate play. And you know he was nine of 12, 179 yards, one touchdown, zero picks, a three point eight QB rating. Not too bad. Um, on the side of Western Michigan, this was supposed to be some sort of uh, revenge game for Jack Sellepeck, because supposedly, uh, he was looking to commit the pit, but then pit change coordinators, they went from, uh, Sean Watson to Mark Whipple, which, you know, I guess, seeing how Jack played, I guess that was a good thing, Jack was 6 of 18 for 99 yards, 8.3 8.3 QB rating. Um, he had three picks. Whereas, I guess, receiver Anthony Sambucci. You know, one of these days I'm going to figure out this whole ESPN autoplay crap. Uh, yeah, he had one. He was one-on-one on one for 31 yards and a touchdown and no picks. I don't know. Maybe Western Michigan should have put the wide receiver at the quarterback. Because Jack looked pretty bad. And of course, you know the pit defense really jacked them up. You know, what what is that? What was it? Uh, CSI Miami, where uh, Horatio puts on those glasses. You know, I guess you could say he was jacked up. And they go, yeah. You know, like on a uh, what was it? Yeah. Well, what song what was it? The Who, I guess. Well, let's, let's figure. Let's find that. Ah, yes, David Caruso. All uh, right, let's see here. Hold on. try this. Drive right by Miami style. I don't think so. You don't spend $1,000 on clothes that you're never going to wear. A hundred people throwing golf balls at the sight of a death. Those odds are very slim, aren't they? So the question becomes, Alex, was the mob sent to draw us to the crime scene or sent to destroy it? Is in. Speaking of that, we had what did, what did we have? We had CSI Miami, we had CSI New York. CSI New York had um, the guy who played Lieutenant Dan. Who was that? Of course, he has a band, too, as well. Let's see, who was that? Ah, yes, Mac Taylor. Uh, that was the, it was played by, oh, Gary Sinise. That was the guy. Then he had Stella, was just played by Point Park's own Melina Kankaritas. Uh, Melina actually, when I graduated Point Park in 2002, she actually spoke at her commencement. You know, it was funny because we were all like, all, all the IT business people were there. And people really acknowledged the whole IT business part of, um, it was all about the acting and whatever not. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, what other ones were there. CSI's. There was. C- I mean, I know the two big ones. rhyme in New York. When did they stop making those? I think it was after. Yeah, they, it was 2013, 2014, because they uh that stopped because you had, you had those two. You had um. NCIS. There was NC- NCIS Los Angeles. I remember. That's looks like that's still going on. Yeah, it goes to show you know you know how much I pay attention. Hawaii Five O went on for ten years. I'm surprised that lasted ten years. To be honest with you, I wasn't really into it. I remember there was a hospital show called Three Three Rivers that um, was supposed to be the next best thing after. Um, well, there was Private Practice. There was Scrubs, ER. I'm sure is one I'm forgetting about that everybody knows about. Oh, Grey's Anatomy, yeah. I think there was a... I think a girl I dated at one time that... Um, if Grey's Anatomy was supposed to... Um, if Grey's Anatomy was on, I couldn't bother her. You know, I couldn't go on a date with her no nothing. You know, it was... She had to watch ER. Oh, we can't forget criminal, criminal Minds. And what was funny was I was looking at some of these... Because I was looking for the guy who played in Criminal Minds, but I knew he played in Airheads. And I'm looking at the cast of Airheads. I mean, first of all, you got Brendan Fraser, you got Steve Buscemi, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley. Judd Nelson played Jimmy Wink? I didn't realize that was Judd Nelson, but the way he looks, of course, you know, he was also in uh, New Jack City as well. So I can see the, you know, Ernie Hudson, you know, the guy who was in Ghostbusters, he was in it. The guy who plays Milo, Michael McKean was in a bunch of stuff. I mean, there was a whole... I mean, Dave Arquette was in this. Uh, the guy who played Ian from, uh, you know, the radio station. Joe Mantegna, the guy who, you know, he was in Criminal Minds. There was a whole... Uh, yeah, there was a... A cast of characters in this. I went from... Uh, Talking Pitt, Western Michigan, to C- David Arquette, or um, what's his face? David Crusoe quotes in CSI Miami, the cop shows, to talking about the cast of Airheads. It's pretty much what you're going to get when you when you listen to my podcast, is I r- really go way off the mark. It's what happens when you have a short attention span. But let's take a look at the uh, overall for Pitt in Western Michigan. Pitt Domain with 23 first downs. The West Michigan's 10. Despite playing a third string and a um, having a very uh, conservative um, play calling system, Pitt passed for more yards, had a better completion percentage. And, of course, one of the big stats, Pitt ran for 238 yards on the ground, which was, the, which was a big thing because Pitt was going to need to be able to run the ball and control the clock, which they did, and, of course, play defense. They did lose one fumble. But they picked off, it cost three turnovers. I mean, they were really on the ball this time. But if we look at the, the rushing stats, let's see here. Izzy Abacanana, he ran for 133 yards on 31 carries with a touchdown. It wasn't looking good from the, in the beginning because they were teeing off on him, but eventually things opened up because they, well, they had to open up the offense somehow because, you know, Eventually, they did, eventually they did let you know Yarnell throw the ball because they had no choice that matter because Western Michigan was starting to get in the end zone. Well, not really. I mean, Pitt was up. Uh, Pitt was up at one point twenty to um, yeah. Pitt went up twenty to six, and then Western Michigan just woke up and scored. And I guess Pitt kind of realized, oh shit, they scored. We got like start getting in the end zones. Oh, and of course ESPN's gonna play the clip. Yeah, Pip Pip bit pretty bad on that one. And let me turn the sound off again because this is gonna piss me off. But you know, Pitt eventually woke up and realized, okay, we're gonna to have to, you know, we're gonna to have to throw the ball here. And that opened up the run a little bit. And Vincent Davis, who hasn't seen much time, a three A three yards, eleven carries. Good for Vincent. Sebo Flamester, 28 yards on four carries. I mean, can't go wrong there. I mean, you know, you're know, without Ronnie Hammond, and that's that. Jerry Wayne had three catches for 94 yards, but he's injured. Not sure if he's going to be playing for Rhode Island. I mean, Gavin Bartholomew, one catch, 37 yards. Kanata had three catches for 35 yards and a touchdown. Bob Beans had one catch for 18. I mean, overall, the receivers did their job. You know, their, 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 their number wasn't called much. But when they did, they did it. Obviously, there's still some woes on special teams with, you know, Ben Sauls was... Still, Ben Sals was 2-for-3 from field goal range. Uh, at least, you know, he, he was 4-for-4 four four extra points. Our punting... I mean, I, I'm kind of concerned about our punting, but... You know. But as far as the... Um, As far as the rest of the team goes, the injury bug has been has been you know has been biting them. Dayon Hayes is posing out for the year, and there's a lot more than that. You know, Pat's pretty mum on injuries, but the Dayon Hayes one, you know, he, he's missing the season, which kind of which really sucks. I mean, Pitt was deep on defense, and now they're just they're thin right now. Offensively, it's been pretty bad as well. But if we're looking at him, you know, Keon Slovis was out. That looks like he'll be cleared to play um, against Rhode Island. Nick Patty's ankle injury seems to be more long-term. Jerry Wayne obviously may not be back for for Rhode Island. So there's a, a possibility for that. Uh, Ronnie Hammond's been out, and you know, he ankle sprain there, but. Um, then you had Owens Drexel, Nate Temple, Habuk bought Desmond Alexander, Devin Danielson, Marquise Williams left the game, and, of course, Deion Hayes. So Pitt's being bit by injury bug, and some people are blaming strength and conditioning. I'm, I'm not sure if you can just blame strength and conditioning for these things. I think it's just, you know, Pitt last year, one thing that really helped Pitt last year was the fact they didn't have, they weren't bit by, you know, injuries so much. You no, know, Kenny Pickett was healthy the entire year. They had Jordan Addison pretty much. The only the only, you know person they really missed was uh, Taysir Mack. I mean, he was hurt, but luckily we still had a Belenikov winner, and of course Jared, we had Jaron Wayne, and of course we had Gavin Bartholomew. We had guys who can make. You know, we were pretty much deep on offense. And on top of that, we had two decent, two really good running backs. I think I've pretty much nailed a lot done. So it's you know it's hard to say what's going to happen, but obviously this Rhode Island game. Let's hope we treat this as more of a getting these guys rested. I mean, obviously we want to put these guys out early, and so we can rest the players. And of course, Rhode Island's on noon kickoff. How fun. On the ACC network. Then they got Georgia Tech the next week. In that case, I hope. You know, Pitt has a chance to be 4-1. And then they got a pretty tough schedule ahead of them. They got, well, they they got two weeks. Well, they got Virginia Tech after that and then they have two weeks off for Louisville. They have two. Of course, they're at Louisville with two road games. But the Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, are at home. But with Keaton out, if he's out, I mean, if he does get hurt, I do feel a lot better about the quarterback situation. I rather, I mean, no offense to Nick Patty, but I rather just, I rather see Nate Arnell in there than him. I mean, he just, I mean, despite the, the the conservative play calling, it seemed like he was just more prepared. He knew. He knew what he was doing. I don't have my picks in front of me. Let's see here. Did I even save my picks? Let me see here. pad run Notepad. Let's see. Did I save them? Nine, ten. I might have saved them. Let me see. I probably didn't. I'm not going back to my podcast to listen to them, but I'm sure they're pretty bad, to say the least. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. I understand them. But I did. I remember I did have Louisville covering against Florida State. They lost 31 I think I had a game going under. I had a game going under two, I remember, that was a disaster as well. It was. It turned to a high-scoring game. Clemson Hammer, Louisiana Tech. I'm not sure what the spread on that game was, but they won by 28. I think the spread was 28. I'm not not going back to to listen to it. Texas A&M defeated Miami. This was a surprising one because I thought Miami would come. You know, this was supposed to be the rise of the U with Tyler Van Dyke. A&M was, you know, and Miami lost. In fact, Texas A&M was a minus six for this game, which is kind of surprising. Well, not surprising. now. I guess the, I guess Vegas knew what they were doing because not that A&M won, but they covered. Yeah, gotta, gotta love Vegas. NC State defeated Texas Tech. I think I had Texas Tech winning that, or at least covering. I'm not sure what the spread on that game was. Let me see. Texas Tech, NC State. NC State was a minus ten and a half, and they they covered. Yeah, I hope nobody took my gambling advice because holy shit. Yeah, same with Wake Forest. I know, I know, I had Wake covering for sure, and they barely beat Liberty, thirty thirty six. I thought Sam Hartman would go out. Well, he had a good, looked like he had a good game, but yep. Ole Miss destroyed Georgia Tech, which was a no brainer. In fact, what was Ole Miss? GT buddy line. Uh, Rebels were a 17 point favorite. Not a, not a surprise there. Uh, the Hokies beat off for 27-7. Syracuse defeated Purdue 32-29. I watched that game. Uh, Syracuse. That's a big win for them. They may cause some noise. Because you know, you know, as Pitt fans, we always pencil Syracuse as a win, and Lucky we game at home this year, but that's gonna be a tough one. They, I mean, if Syracuse beats Virginia, because UVA is a UVA is a total mess right now, they can beat them and Wagner. They're gonna they may end up ranked going into uh, playing NC State. So they're that's looking really good. Uh, Virginia and Old Dominion, UVA beat Old Dominion 1614. Again. Don't schedule Dominion, but Virginia got away with that one. Duke defeats North Carolina T 49-20. Not sure what to think of Duke right now, but they're the 0 Boston College finally gets the W W column, they beat Maine thirty eight to seventeen. Now for the rest of the top twenty five, Georgia obviously hammered South Carolina. High State destroyed Toledo. UConn lost to Michigan 59-0. So, yeah, it wasn't basketball. I think I had Nebraska covering against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma just destroyed Nebraska. Or maybe I had Oklahoma covering. I'm not sure. But either way, whatever. USC defeats Fresno State. I watched that game, and I don't know, but USC just has a high-powered offense. Well, you know, Fresno was moving the ball It just... I think USC's weakness is obviously their defense. That's going to be an Achilles heel for them. Oklahoma State defeats Arkansas Pine Bluff. So I'm going through the rest of these. I have Michigan State being Washington convincingly in Wazoo with uh, with Indiana transfer Michael Penix. They went 39-28. I have BYU being Oregon and somehow... Somehow Oregon won that one, 41-20. That was a shocker to me. I mean, yeah, this was a weird, this is why I don't gamble. Uh, let see, the rest of these picks. No. Penn State defeated Auburn, 41-12. And as you all know, Penn State's in the top 15 now with that win. I had Penn State, actually I had Penn State, that was one game I had Penn State, you know, I had them covering, because I just thought Auburn sucked. And they did. They were pretty bad. Now, moving on from college football, NFL happened, the Steelers lost to the Patriots. Um, yeah, you know, I kind of forgot that the collective IQ of uh, Steelers fans on Twitter is pretty bad. As I made a, uh, a sarcastic joke, and I guess the person got upset about it, but I did see people. I guess they're they're, they're supposedly tweeting a Bill Cowher quote about Mitch about Mitch Trubisky, and I, I, there was one person giving Cowher credit for, for Mike Tomzak and Bill Cowher had a roster where he should have been to the Super Bowl at least three times, and his issue is quarterback. I mean, Neil wasn't bad. Neil got us the two uh, AFC title games. We showed the two Super Bowls. I don't know how we lost to the Chargers, but we did. We almost lost to the Colts. I mean, we did win that game, but we almost lost. I mean, we just we underperformed in those games. And then, not you know. You know, O'Donnell left after the 95 season. We, we were going to go with Jim Miller. That didn't work out. We gave Cordell a chance, and it, that was pretty bad. And then we ended up with Mike Tom Tomzak was a career backup, and pretty much, if you watch him play that year in, in, 90, in 1996, you can see why he was a backup. That he pretty much is a backup. And people always argue that Cowher was left. You know, Cowher left Tom Zack a really good, really good roster, which he did. Let's be honest, he did. I mean, he left them Ben Palomalu and whatnot. But Cowher had, you know, Cowher had a really good defense. He was left a really good offensive line on top of that. I mean, Chucknell left Bill Cowher some, you know, a lot of really good players. I mean, he left them Greg Lloyd and. He left them Greg Lloyd, Rod Woodson, and Lake for for crying out loud. Darmani Dawson, you know, John Jackson. I mean, he left them a really good roster that he could build around. So, I mean, let's be honest. But uh, watching the game itself, offensively, they just don't look great at all. I mean... they don't seem to be challenging the other team's defense. I mean, they're not throwing the ball down the field. I mean, it's like they're afraid to do anything. I mean, Mitch Trubisky's been in the league for a Lord knows how long. I mean, if you're afraid of him throwing down a field or whatnot, then probably you should exercise some other options. I don't know, that's just me. But uh, on the plus side... Everybody else in the AFC North lost. That's a good sign. I mean, the defense did all they could. Um, towards the end, though, they just couldn't get off the field. You know, you know, defense worn down. I mean, when you you know, it happens. And plus, you know, I mean, the fact that I mean, they were playing without one of their best players. But yeah, that's just that. I mean, there's not much else to talk about. I mean, there, I mean, well, let's not forget about keep. Um, we can't forget about Key Brian Hayes about what he did. I guess in the middle of a play he was pulling out sunflower seeds. And I think what's kind of odd is they're making this whole pirates issue about him now. When really, you know, the pirates have been hot garbage now for a few years now. And, you know what he did was not it's not it's not the reason why the pirates are trash right now. I mean, it's like, you know, it's almost like you're working, it's like, you, you know, it's almost like you're working for a failing company and they're saying, oh, yeah, make sure you're clocking in and do your time, time, time expense report on time. I don't know, whatever. I'm not going to spend too much energy on it, but I just thought that was, you know. But oh well. Anyways, guys, I'm done here. You guys have a great week. If I podcast later this week. how a pit, talk to you later.